Jazz first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. Listen to another episode of Lockdown Blazers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. And now for the first time, available on YouTube. This is our first official show that is fully on YouTube, and they now will all be from here forward. So go to YouTube and search Lockdown Blazers. Subscribe to the podcast. Support the show. Support your boy. Support your fast first point guard. Also, your pass first point guard. All right, today's show is a ton of fun. Blazers Media Day is tomorrow, September 27th. I'm recording this on a Sunday, September 26th. Welcome to Inside My Studio if you're watching live on YouTube. Otherwise, welcome into your earbuds if you're listening in your normal place you already get podcasts. What I want to do in, in this on this Sunday afternoon is talk about the biggest burning question for the Blazers ahead of training camp. Uh, media Day is Monday. Training camp starts Tuesday. We're going to see a lot of basketball, real basketball this week. I'm excited for real basketball. But I want to answer in today's show, in our, in our three segments, if you're a new listener, we do things here in three parts. I want to answer in our three segments, what are the biggest questions for the Blazers ahead of training camp, ahead of real basketball starting? So that's what we'll do. Each segment, a new question. And we'll do our best to sort of pose them, and then we'll try to answer them throughout training camp. Starting with Media Day on Monday, we'll have full coverage of that. We'll have a mailbag show later this week. But uh, the questions, these questions will get answered some faster than others, but uh, I think they're the most pressing questions as we head into the week. So without further ado, let's get into them. Number one, it's Billups' buy-in. How, how much How much do the Blazers buy into Chauncey Billups' plan? They, listen... Billups is, is almost certainly going to make this team better. They were one of the worst defensive teams in the league last year, 29th uh, in defense. And he's got better defensive personnel to work with in, in a full year of Norman Powell, the addition of, of Cody Zeller, an upgrade defensively over Anis Cantor off of the bench. Larry Nance Jr. should help them defensively. Uh, maybe a little more than Nazir Little will help, um, at least to... He has potential to be helpful there. Tony Snell has some length off the bench. Uh, you've, you know, a full, a healthy Robert Covington and a healthy Yusuf Nurkic. And most importantly, like this, this has a, this team has personnel to be something like a league average defense. But the question isn't like, can Chauncey Billups make this team a little bit better on defense? I think it's, uh, you know, they, they might be 22nd in the league on defense just by virtue of playing um, with a new voice on the sidelines and like a new set of suits might help them on the sidelines. Just an improvement from 29th seems inevitable, right? Like they seem to be almost certainly going to be better than one of the worst teams in the league. But the question is, can Billups make them take that jump on defense? Like, like what, what is that jump? Is it incremental? Are they are they twenty second for most of the year, or are they fourteenth? Are they ninth? Are they do they take like a massive leap forward defensively and become um, really special? I think so much of coaching is just getting guys to buy into the system. Uh, I still think we'll see the Blazers play a bunch of drop coverage. Um, it's the best way to probably deploy Yusuf Nurkic, but I also think we'll see them switch things up, play a little more, play more aggressive, bring guys to the level of the screen, let Nurk chase a little bit and recover. Um, you know, switch up schemes to play a little more aggressive. Uh, the if you just based on what Billups did last year with the Clippers, they played a bunch of different schemes, but they also played you know drop coverage bigs like Vita Zubac, and and they let they were good playing drop coverage and being aggressive out of that. I think the Blazers can play something similar to that. It won't be one to one, but so much like I think. The question is like, how much do they buy in on defense? So much of what Billups has said in the in this preseason, what he'll say tomorrow at media day, I'm sure it's just about getting guys convinced to play hard on that end and, and be in scheme and all those things. Some of that is 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 just health. Some of that is the defenders I've mentioned, like healthy Rocco, healthy Nurk, um, more Cody Zeller, a, a full season of Norm. 
et cetera, et cetera. Like what, what Larry Nance brings in terms of versatility, but some of it is getting Damian Lowe to buy in. Some of it is how much can you ask Dame to buy in defensively? How much, if they do play drop, can he navigate over screen and really be effective? Or does he just leave Nurk out to dry? And then it looks like Yusuf Nurkic having a bad day, but really what it is is just terrible screen navigation from the franchise pillar. Damon Lillard was a bad defensive player last year. Part of the Billups buy-in is convincing him, the, the best player on the team, one of the best players in franchise history, if not an old number one, is just to just is to be better on defense, is to be like a league average defender. Some of it is scheme, but I think some of it with Dame is just effort. How much effort can you put in? And some of that effort has to do with the second part of the Billups buy-in, which is ball movement on offense. If if Dame has the ball in his hands and runs 38 pick and rolls a game with 10 eyeballs on him. There is only so much he can do on the other end defensively because he'll just be exhausted. There is just, there is just an energy give and take. And if he's asked to do so much creation on offense, or if he's only comfortable, you know, having the ball in his hands with so much in taking on that level of sort of creation responsibility on offense, then you get to this point where you, you just, you can only give so much on defense. And I think that's, that's the big question with Dame is like, can, Chauncey Billups has has preached ball movement and player movements. Uh, the, the all the reporting coming out from Aaron Fentress of the Oregonian and Jason Quick of the Athletic, people who've, who've, who've spoken, um, you know, spoken to Chauncey Billups before sort of uh, media day has started over over summer league and over the last couple of weeks. What Billups has said is ball movement is so important, player movement is so important. Um, you know, in an interview about Nazir Little, who we'll talk about a little later in the program, Nas talked about Billups saying, you know, he needs to be a good passer and not just like a, not this like elite level advanced passer, but, you know, see that second layer of defense and make the simple smart pass. And if that's it, if the ball moves more, the Blazers were last in the league in assists, last in the league in raw, just raw passes. They were a ISO heavy team that was very, very good on offense, but it's um, not aesthetically pleasing and not as sustainable when you get against high level defense to just say, hey, CJ, Dame, go get it. Like ball movement is, is creates more advantages. It makes for your sort of less valuable creators if you can. Um, it gives them more space to operate if the ball moves, then they can attack against an advantage. It's like, you know, Dame can break down a defense one-on-one, -on -one, but it's it's not the same for the other guys in the roster. Robert Covington isn't going to do that. Even Norman Powell, to an extent, is like a straight-line driver. You've got to you've got to create advantages for him to do that. So ball movement really matters. And the ball movement plays into the other end on defense because if the ball moves more and it's more egalitarian on offense and all of these things, it's you can you can ask more on defense because the the load is lessened on on the offensive end so the the ask can be bigger on defense like all all of all of that all of that is connected right and so those are the two sort of big billups buy in things and then the last one here is is just keeping everybody happy so much of nba coaching is an x's and o's it is ego management it is human management it is just it is just making sure that the folks who work under you and who are going to listen to you or work with you depending on how you want to describe that relationship are 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 kept happy. Uh, I, I don't want to. I was going to use the word coddled, and I'm I'm going to stay away from there. So some of it is coddling egos, but I think some of it is just, hey, uh, this this you know, Damian Lord wants it to be this way. How do we do that? But also, Yusuf Nurkic wants it to be this way. How do we get a little bit out of that? And CJ McCollum needs you know X number of shots. How do we make sure that still happens while we're keeping everybody else happy? Right now, everything is rosy. The Blazers are undefeated. So when you read a story by Jason Quick about Nazir Little, Nazir Little says, I love the way Chauncey Billups communicates. And he says, I'm going to have this role and I'm so excited. And when you read a story about Yusuf Nurkic in that same publication, Jason Quick's been working. So he's getting shout outs all left and right on this podcast. I will have to get Jason, we'll have to get Jason on here soon. So we're not just shouting him out. But if it's, you know, if it's, 
if it's if it's Nurk being happy or Nas being happy, yeah, that's all well and good. It's September. Call me in October when when a, a game goes bad or you get yanked for a bad defensive rotation or you just have a bad shooting night and you don't play or you just lose. You just lose and you, you have bad vibes. And then you got to make decisions about who plays the next game. Like everything feels rosy now. And I think Chauncey Billups is going to be, a, I think he's going to be a better communicator than Terry Stotts was um, just style wise. I think the fact that he is an ex player and a very successful player matters. I think the fact that he's a black man matters. Like it's, there are just, um, th there are reasons to believe that the way he connects with NBA players will be more valuable than the way that uh, the previous coaching staff did. Just, I, I think that's the way that I think the defense can just be markably better. I think it, like it just is like it, it's true, but how much? How much? How much? If Nazir Little isn't that ninth guy off the bench, does he remain happy? If Yusuf Nurkic, who's been promised more touches and more role in the offense, if 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 that doesn't happen, does he stay happy? And can Billups, who seems to be saying the right things right now and seems to be an excellent communicator, big reason why he's hired, like a guy who who is fans have reason to be excited about, right? Like seems seems like he might be uh, like have a lot of the intangibles that make a really good coach. If you have all of those things, it seems like the reason to be excited about. But when things go south. Can you keep everybody happy? Because they're not going to go 82 and 0. And I hate to tell you, but they're probably not going to go 79 and 3. They're going to lose 35 games this year. And so when things are in when things are in that sort of when losses happen, when when hardship comes, when challenges come, can Billups keep everybody happy? Right now, he's kicking ass. He looks, he looks like a genius, but the games haven't started yet. So the big thing for Billups buy-in is I think they can be better on offense. I think like stylistically i think they can be better on defense statistically um and i think he can has a chance to be a really like a communicator and a connector and all of the things that uh the reasons why the blazers wanted to hire him like i think all of those um, are possible but the buy-in part is how much do you get of each do you get a hundred percent on off on the defensive buy-in but you maybe don't get all the buy-in offensively do you get does everybody buy in offensively but then people aren't happy and it's and you feel like promises were made in the offseason that aren't kept and all these things like the billups buy-in the biggest question heading into camp here is, is is not like one offensive and one defensive thing it's like i think chauncey billups has a good plan i think he's communicated that plan very well and the question to me is how much of it gets how, how many boxes get checked i think the blazers and and billups are um headed in the right direction i think there's tons of reason for optimism but everything isn't gonna be perfect <laughs> That's not how this works. So when things aren't perfect, what, you know, where 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 are the slip ups? Is, is, do they just not get all the way there on defense? Does the offense, you know, does Damian Lord say, "Listen, I moving the ball is cool, but like I'm one of the best pick and roll players in the league. I'm breaking this shit off, and we're going to just we're gonna just run what I'm comfortable with." Like, how, where do you get the buy in from? How much of it do you get, and and what does that look like? And if you don't get buy in or, or things don't go well, can everyone stay? copacetic is everyone's is everything all rosy in the rose city even if things go south for a week or 10 days all right that's question number one in the second segment let's talk about a couple more questions that we have or, or the next question rather that we have for the blazers ahead of training camp ahead of media day but before we get there let's talk about direct tv list and does this sound familiar You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without all the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. 
It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites like you've never seen before. So you can watch sports. You can watch movies, all of your shows, all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no more need to buy another device. And the best part is there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. Today's show is also brought to you by Sleeper, the fantasy experts who in 2018 realized that fantasy basketball was broken. So you know what they did? They took two years to create a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Pick, and it's only available on Sleeper. Here's how it works. In Game Pick, Owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count towards their team's total score, ensuring that an even number of games are played by all opponents. The days of losing because your opponent's players simply had more games scheduled to play that week are over. The days of mindless daily busy work, those are over too. And the days of giving up halfway through the season because of that busy work, well, they're gone too. Because in game picks, here's what you do. You pick one game per week for each player on your roster based on player matchups, home and away, opponent's defensive rating, pace of play, and more. All that adds up to more strategy and less busy work. So whether you prefer redraft, keeper, or dynasty, Game Picks has you covered. Sleeper has cracked the fantasy basketball code. So download the Sleeper app and start your league today. Call your friends, tell them about it. They will not be disappointed. All right. So we talked our first Blazers question ahead of media day, ahead of training camp in the first segment. Second segment, let's move on to question number two. And for me, it's who's going to be that second star? All summer long, many of you, dear listeners, were waiting for the Blazers to trade for that second star. When's it going to happen? When are we going to, when are we, I'm using collective pronouns. I'm, uh, that's where I'm at today. When, when, are, when is this team going to make that big trade, that big splash, that big move to get the Blazers a second star? They've got Damian Lord, one of the 10 best players in the league. They've got CJ McCollum, who's pretty darn good, but he's, he's maybe not in that elite, elite tier. W- when are they going to get that star? <laughs> uh, well, uh, I, I don't know if y'all have been reading the news or listening to this podcast, but that is not exactly how it went down this, this offseason. Instead, the Blazers re-signed Norman Powell. They made some smart moves uh, sort of around the fringe by adding Cody Zeller and Tony Snell and Ben McLemore, if you're into it. And then they made a, a, a trade, a, a trade first round pick and Derek Jones Jr. to get Larry Nance Jr. These are all solid moves. Nothing, signing Norman Powell is a good deal. Signing Cody Zeller to a minimum contract is good business. Trading a first-round pick for Larry Nance Jr., a clear upgrade that that addresses a, a issue on this team, an issue on the roster, some defensive versatility, some playmaking. That's good stuff. That's They did a good job. But what they didn't do is add a second star. Because the idea, at least I assume from the front office, that that second star is already on the roster. And that's right. It's C.J. Ellaby. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, maybe not. If you, maybe Neil, Neil Shea might believe that. He loves his guys. But I, I, like what what this really means is the second star has to come from someone who's already here, someone who's already who's already in the Pacific Northwest, and and it has to be CJ McCollum or Yusuf Nurkic. And really, it has to be CJ McCollum because what a star does is create their own offense, and what CJ is really good at is getting his own shots. Like what what separates the stars from the non-stars is you can give them the ball and say, "Go get a bucket. We need it." Uh, there are other ways to be a star, like see Rudy Gobert, but like the the sort of like big definition, uh, like you know, first first one in Webster's says like. 
uh, some sh shot creation, some offensive skills and ability to, to make life easier on that end. Uh, defense obviously matters. And, and that's like a whole nother problem with the Blazers for another podcast. But CJ McCollum has like sort of the juice to be that second star. And what we saw in the first 13 games last season before Clint Capella stepped on his foot and he broke his foot and missed 30 games was that CJ was close. Now, 13 games is not a season. 13 games is a crazy hot streak, but that 13 games, y'all, CJ McCollum averaged 26.7 points, 3.9 rebounds, and five assists, shot 44% from three on 11 attempts a game. 26, four, and five, basically 27, 26.7. So 27, four, and five on, on, on like just absurd efficiency. 11 threes a game is just fantastic for CJ. He cut out the long range, the long mid rangers to shoot threes. Like that's the question for me. Is the second star there? Is his name Christian James McCollum? And the 13 games we saw from him to begin last season are, are what he can be. Now, I'm a believer that CJ McCollum is good. Like I don't like I that's not that's not what I'm questioning here. The question is can he take in you know in year 9 in this thing can he take that leap and be consistently like a 26 and 5 guy? Because if he is, whew, like the the star the second star is here and those the first 13 games of last season I said on in this very space if you listen to the podcast available wherever you get podcasts and now on YouTube, I said CJ McCollum's going to be an all-star. I was, I was, I was just like, this is as good as he's played. This dude, this dude is an all-star caliber player. Like he's having an all-star caliber season. Let's go. And then he got hurt and he just never got back to that level. He was still, you know, really good, like a really good player, but he wasn't that like, oh, this is, you know, this is one of the 10 best guards in the West type of player. He wasn't that level. And can he average 26 or 27, four and five for a year? Probably not. Probably not just like the way the offense is going to work and how much, you know, and, and Dame was, was not, was not shooting as much in those times. Like he was, he was seeding a lot of the offense to CJ and that's a give and take there that they'll, that they'll figure out. So I don't, you know, like, I don't think he's going to score 27 and have five dimes, but if he averages, you know, 25 on really high shooting efficiency, shoots a ton of threes and pushes that playmaking up towards, you know, five assists a game assists, not the only measure of playmaking, but a good one for CJ McCollum is how much he's getting his teammates involved. Like if he, if he can do all of those things, there's your second star. The other one, and this is kind of one B, I led with CJ because he's the one. Like, this is the question. Does this if if the Blazers are gonna make a leap, they need someone to make that leap. CJ's the guy to do it because he's their he's their most talented player. But at times over the last couple seasons, Yusuf Nurkic has been the Blazers' second most impactful player. The defense, the rebounding, the size, that pick and roll partnership with Dame, all of those things. And Yusuf Nurkic last season, while he wasn't like this super big disappointment, he was just up and down. And and it's who he is. Like he start he started slow, and then he got hurt, and then when he came back from injury, which included a wrist and a calf injury, he just never got going. And then the Blazers need to make the playoffs, and over the final fourteen games of the regular season, Yusuf Nurkic was a stud. He was fantastic, and the Blazers made the push, avoided the play-in tournament, all of those things on on the strength of how darn good Yusuf Nurkic can be. He was up and down in the, in the playoffs. He had an incredible game four, but he had some stinkers in the playoffs too, and the Blazers lost. And he was and was clearly frustrated uh, heading into the offseason. And, and uh, according to reporting from Jason Quick, like him and Chauncey have a great relationship early on in this thing, and he's excited. And Billups has said multiple times, like, I'm going to use Nurk. And whether that means just more post-ups or using Nurk as a fulcrum for playmaking as either in the low post a la kind of like the Warriors use Draymond Green, throw it into the post, run split cuts, let let Yusuf make um, 
make decisions on based on where the defense goes or whether they just put him at the top of the key and let him be a dribble handoff and uh, backdoor cut monster. He's great at throwing those little backdoor bounce passes, like wh whatever the playmaking or more, more Nurk stuff looks like he has a potential. And it sounds like the, the coaching staff wants him to be that guy. And he has a chance to take, like, to take a step. It's contract year for him. Uh, his consistency is his biggest struggle. When he is when he is good, the Blazers are very very good. And then there's nights when he's bad, and the Blazers look mediocre. I mean, they've it's it's they need him to be on the court, and they need him to be his best self. And it sounds like you know so much of Nurk. What seems like for, to me is just like what kind of mental spaces he's in. And hearing him talk about the new coaching staff sounds like he's in a good mental space. If he can be consistent, if you get 70 good games of Yusuf Nurkic this year, the Blazers are going to be really good. Is he an all-star? I don't think so. Uh, just, you know, the, there's not a lot of big man spots and all those things. But if he's like, if we get to February or whatever, January, and people are ma people are making reasonable places about like, what a, what about a wild card spot for Nurk? Like, we're there where he doesn't need to make the team. He just needs to be in that conversation and have it be a reasonable part of the conversation. And we're talking that's for me, that's like a second star level jump for NERC. So that sort of pre-injury CJ and five, first 15 games, CJ first last 15 games, NERC. If either of those two gentlemen are on the roster for 70 games, 65 games, then the Blazers second star is here and they're going to be special. That's the question. How much of those two guys can, can the Blazers get the best version of CJ and the best version of Nurk to complement what you kind of know Damian Lillard is going to bring. All right. In the third segment, our final question ahead of training camp. The last question we want to answer before the Blazers media day, which is Monday and before training camp, which begins Tuesday, September 28th. So we'll come back and close the show with that Final question, but first, let me tell you all about Built Bar. If you don't know, if you are new to the program, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. If you are a longtime listener, if you're a veteran of the program, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. That's what it is. That's what they're doing. Comes in amazing flavors like coconut and cherry barcia. Also mint brownie, salted caramel, my personal favorite, cookies and cream. It's all good. Listen, maybe you don't know what you like. You've never tried Built Bar. Here's what you should do. Get a mix box. You get two of each of the available flavors. You can try them all, find out what you like, and then order more from there. They're all delicious, but they're also all good for you. Peep the macros, y'all. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Only four to five grams of sugar and no more than five grams of net carbs. All tasty, all healthy, and all packing a punch. So go get yourself some of these bars. Go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your next order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. We're still listening to Locked on Blazers. We've asked two of the biggest questions. How much buy-in does Chauncey Billups get? And which of the Blazers players already on the roster becomes that second star? The final question as we head into training camp. We head into media day in training camp. What about the young guys? This is a big year for Anthony Simons and his ear little. It's a massive year for Simons entering a free agency next summer. He was billed as the most talented player Neil Olshay had ever drafted. Whew. This is this is the Neil Olshay that drafted Damian Lord and CJ McCollum. And you're calling another six foot three guard the most talented player you've ever drafted. I know that it was meant to, to, to pump this dude up to say you're really good and we're really excited for how good you can be. But sometimes it reads like a curse. 
Here's the thing. Last year, Amphrey Simons developed into an elite shooter, one of the best spot-up shooters in the league by some measurements, the best spot-up shooter in the league by others, merely one of the very, very, very good ones. Like he's, he has an elite NBA skill. He can really shoot it. He can really shoot it. He can shoot a little off the bounce. He can really shoot it with his feet set. If he let him spot up on the weak side or spot up opposite the ball, he's dangerous. And he's like, that's a, that's an NBA skill that, that he has and possesses and walks into the court every time with, he's an elite shooter. The problem is that there's, we haven't seen much else from Simons. He's uh, not a particularly good defensive player, although um, there has been some... Uh, I don't know, hemming and hawing. There has been some, there has been some sort of talk that Simons took a leap on defense or took a step forward on defense last year. I'm not a believer in that. I don't think he was a very good defender last year. He's got a chance to prove me wrong. The, the game started less than a month. He can show me that he's not much of a, of a passer. He's not much of a playmaker on offense. And he doesn't get to the rim or the foul line. He shoots and he's really freaking good at it. And if he doesn't improve at all, he's a long-term NBA player based on his size and his ability to shoot. Play ten years in the league with his with his combination of, you know, six foot five, quick, can shoot off a, like a sidestep dribble, and can is an elite spot up shooter. Long time NBA player, right? But the question is, is he is he Ben McLemore, right? Like, it, like is he is a long term Ben McLemore? Does he play a long time in the league with that, or does is this year he takes the step and adds more stuff to his game? He's young. He has a chance to add a bunch more to his game. Like he's he is the age now that basically CJ McCollum was when he was drafted. It's He's, he's, he's been given opportunity probably before he was capable of, of taking a larger role. And then last year he, he settled into being one of the eight players the Blazers played in their postseason push and then into the playoffs because he deserved it. And he was that good. The next step for Simons and the question for Simons is, can he take, can he add enough wrinkles to his game and take enough steps forward that he's like really good, that he's just like really good and does stuff. Um, he's the Blazers can be okay with, with Ant being just a shooter. Like they will be a good basketball team. He'll make the offense better, et cetera, et cetera. Like he's not, um, like I said, if he doesn't improve at all, he's still a pretty good NBA player. Like he's a useful NBA player and the Blazers will be happy to have him and he'll still play every night. But the big question is, is this year that the year Ant takes a jump and makes that push. There was an idea that Ant was going to push CJ McCollum for his job. And he's never gotten close to that. Never gotten close to that. Is this year that that's real? Um, you know, I just talked about maybe CJ McCollum like pushing for an all-star, averaging 24 and 5, 25 and 5. Like, I don't think Ant can do that. But can Ant on any given night be so darn good that it gets complicated who plays because you need his offense and he's not such a detriment on defense? It's it is it's tough to, for him to be part of the puzzle when you play alongside Damon CJ, but just tough for him to be part of the puzzle. That's real. But I think he's got the skills to be to take a step forward. And the biggest question, one of the big questions, I guess it's not the biggest because I made it the I made it the third question on the on my list here. But one of the biggest questions is like, what kind of step forward will Anthony Simons take? In addition to Anthony Simons, the other young guy on the roster, Blazers draft pick in twenty in the twenty nineteen draft is is how much how much better will Nazir Little be this year? Sounds like Nazir Little is going to play. Uh, I project Nazir Little to be the ninth guy off the bench. I think your starting lineup is set. Dame, CJ, Norman Powell, Robert Covington, Yusuf Nurkic. I think the first couple spots off the bench are set in stone. Even the first three spots off the bench are set. I think every time is going to play and play a ton. Cody Zeller is going to play and play a ton. And they traded for Larry Nance Jr. to play. He's There's no question. Those are your first eight. So you're really talking about nine and 10. Does Billups go 10 deep? If he does, is it little, is it some, it's some combination of 
Little, Tony Snell, and Ben McLemore. But from right now, if I just projecting a nine-man rotation, I think Nazir Little is going to start the year ahead of Tony Snell on on, uh, on in the pecking order. Uh, according to a report from Jason Quick of The Athletic, but, uh, Chauncey Billups told Nas as much that he expects him to be one of the first guys off the bench. Uh, whatever you want to read into first guys off the bench. Someone off the bench. Someone who plays every night is how I read it. So the question for me is, can Nas start to put together his potential? He looks like he can be a capable defender, but last year he wasn't much of a defensive player. I thought he was a bad, bad on defense, but he's long and he has interest and um, he has the tools. I just think the sort of speed and processing of the game was hard for him. He was young and hadn't played a bunch and then he, he doesn't, he just didn't get enough opportunity. Uh, I won't criticize the coaching staff for not playing him down the stretch, final 15 games in the playoffs, whatever. It's the first 60 where Nas needed time. Find out what he could do because when it got to crunch time and you kind of had decided that he couldn't be a contributor, it was too late. It was the first 60 games where you need to see Nazir Little. I want him to get an opportunity because I think he can be better. I think like, you know, he shot 35% from three last year and that's creeping up towards league average. If he's a league average three-point shooter with his defensive ability and, you know, a, a, a little more egalitarian offense where he gets to attack a, a sort of bent defense with more ball movement, he can be a really good player. It's just, can he, the question is, how much do we see that? How much does he play and how consistent can he be? He's a guy who hasn't played a bunch. It is hard to just pop into the league and be a consistent basketball player. Nas has the tools and the potential, but can he put it together? That's the big question. Unlike Ant, like unlike Simons, who I think you can just kind of drop in there and he's good to go. Like he has an NBA level skill and he's good to go. Like even if he doesn't improve, dude shoots 40 some percent from three and is like an elite elite catch and shoot shooter an elite an elite outside shooter in the league Nas doesn't have a bankable skill so maybe the question for Nas is is like can he get take step one and get to a bankable skill what is he like definitely good at and then after he has a bankable skill what can he add to from there those are your questions Billups buy-in second star like where does it come from is CJ that because if he's not then we've seen this movie before and then the young guys, does Ant take a step forward and does Nas take a step forward? If, if listen, if you, if you check every box, we answer yes to all of these questions. Billups gets buy-in on defense. Billups gets buy-in on offense. Billups makes everybody happy. CJ McCollum becomes a second star. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic is a borderline all-star. Anthony Simons is, is, adds more to his game. And Zero Little proves that he is a regular, every single night, have to play NBA level contributor. This is like a 55 win team. You're probably not going to get all that. It's probably like a 47 win team because you're not going to get all that. So these are my questions. Guess what? We are not going to have to wait long for them to be answered. First of all, media day tomorrow. Uh, Blazers are going to hold media day September 27th on Monday. Uh, I will bring you some uh, news and notes, everything we learned from media day. So make sure you're checking back, listening to this show. It's a daily podcast. It's free. It's on YouTube. It's on all your podcast platforms. So just subscribe check back to the feed. We'll talk all about media day. Then training camp's going to start. We'll start to just get a clear picture of who is competing for what. We'll, you know, uh, uh, it's here. Basketball is here. And it, this week it begins. We're going to get answers to all of this. Uh, preseason games start October 4th. We'll get to see it in action. And then a couple weeks after that, October 20th, basketball's happening. We're three weeks away. It's pretty fun. I'm hyped. Hope you are too. So like I said, we're on YouTube now. If you're watching me on YouTube, what up? Subscribe to the show. If you're not watching me on YouTube right now, what up? S subscribe to, subscribe on YouTube. Search Lockdown Blazers on YouTube and subscribe. This podcast is also available wherever you get podcasts. So you can tell your friends about it. Just tell them to search Locked on Blazers. We'll be right there waiting for them. 
Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.